Did you know that some travel credit cards offer 10x points on your spending? Don't miss out on big rewards for your next trip. NerdWallet lets you compare smart travel credit cards side-by-side, -side, curated by an expert team of finance nerds. What could future you do with better travel rewards? A free flight? A room upgrade? Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Wall Street has been completely upended by an unlikely player, GameStop. And should I have a 401k? You don't do it? No, I know. Girl! You think the whole world revolves around you and your money? Well, it doesn't. Charge for wasting our time. I will take a check. Like a old school You recognize her from anchoring on CNN, CNBC, and Bloomberg. The only financial expert you don't need a dictionary to understand, Nicole Lappin. As you know, we talk with public figures making change in every sense of the word and along the way have been in or might still be in money rehab. Today, we're talking to Talia Goldstein, founder of the matchmaking company The Three Day Rule. And spoiler alert, Talia actually played Cupid for me and introduced me to my boyfriend. So I can confirm firsthand that she is really good at her job. 10 out of 10 would recommend to a friend. I've gotten to know Talia's story and the highs and lows she's had with her business. I think the story is one that many up-and-coming entrepreneurs can benefit from. Plus, she throws in a few extra tips for all of you wannabe lovebirds out there. So let's get into it. Talia, welcome to Money Rehab. Before we dive in, though, we do a quick round of Money Rehab Never Have I Ever. If you've done something, just say I have. And if you haven't, just say you haven't. I'm ready. <laughs> Never have I ever maxed out a credit card. I have. Never have I ever fallen for a scam. I haven't. Never have I ever lost a credit card. Never. I have never. Never have I ever taken out a student loan. I have never. Never have I ever run a lemonade stand. I have. Yay! <laughs> That's so cute. Never have I ever ended a relationship because of money. I have. And I'm sure you've heard of other people who have. Definitely. Quite the conflict in relationships. Quite the conflict. The number one cause of divorce, which we will dig into. Never have I ever pitched an investor. I have. Never have I ever pitched an investor while I was pregnant. I have. <laughs> Tell me about what it was like uh pitching investors while you were pregnant? Because in my mind, I would think it would be exactly the same as if you weren't pregnant or if you were a dude. But in reality, that's not really the case. Right. And I actually did it twice. So one time I was pregnant and hid it. And another time I was pregnant and did not hide it. So I had two different experiences. The first time, the reason why I hid it is I read this blog by a prolific angel investor and he talked openly about how he felt uncomfortable investing in a pregnant CEO. And that really scared me. And so I kept it to myself. I actually didn't tell my co-founder at the time because I was nervous she would walk in and not feel confident because I was pregnant. I kept it to myself. I wore trench coats and giant sweaters and it was 90 degrees outside. Nobody knew I was oh, pregnant. Yeah. I know. but And we raised money and it was relatively easy to do so. 
the next time I was pregnant and went to go raise, I decided not to hide it. I thought, this is crazy. You know, we can do it all. And I rocked my bump and it was really hard to raise. I had a lot of investors say to me, I'm really interested in your business. Why don't you have the baby and we'll connect after? And I even had a group of older men ask me to stand up and twirl around and show my belly. Stop it. One investor called me jokingly a bad mama because I said, I'm going to have my baby and I can circle back with you the next day. So I, it was, it was so different than the first time around. And the people who gave me money either did it over the phone, not seeing me visibly pregnant or after I had the baby. So that was years ago at this point. It was five or six years ago. I do think we made a lot of progress at the time. I actually didn't pitch to any women. So that may have been different, but it was challenging. I think, you know, we're making progress, but there's still a long way to go. This breaks my heart. This actually makes me want to cry. And I, and I actually can hear it from you too, that you wanted it to be different. Like you went in thinking it would be sort of a non-issue, but you know, that's just not what happened. Exactly. And I kept thinking to myself, yes, I, and I already had a child. So this is my second child. I said, I have babies at home, but I also have 50 babies that I take care of at work. Like I'm not going to let them down. I'm going to work as hard as I can to make sure that this company is successful. So there was zero doubt in my mind that I could do it all. And I think it's such an important message for women in general. These things are not mutually exclusive. You can be a mother and a founder and raise money. We just need more and more role models, which I do think we're getting now. Do you think it's it's just because investors thought you wouldn't work as hard, because you would take time off, because why? Yes. I think it's the unknown that scares them. What if something happens when you have the child? What if there's a health issue and, and you're the founder in the face of the company? So I think it's the unknowns that make them nervous. Ay, ay, ay. How many rounds did you do? Did you even think you were going to raise money when you started the company? I wasn't sure early on, but but we ended up raising a seed round and that helped us to bring on a technical co-founder. That's what we were looking for at the time. And then we raised a strategic round from Match, um, the dating company. And actually what happened was we thought a deal was going to go through with Match. And so I planned my pregnancy for that time. And at the last minute, the deal didn't go through. And so I was stuck fundraising and I wasn't expecting to. So while I had planned my pregnancy, I didn't plan to fundraise, but we did raise uh, a round after Match, sort of a venture round. And in 2019, the company was acquired. I have had female friends who have raised money or done different pitches while pregnant as well. And there was almost like this idea that they were, they were like, I'm fine. Like, <laughs> they were like, do you need to sit down? Do you need, like, yes. no, I'm just pregnant. This I is know. what happens. Billions <laughs> of people have done this. And why, why do you think there is that perception? I really don't know, but it is so ridiculous. I mean, I was telling investors, hey, you know, I'd talk to them on Friday. Hey, by the way, I'm having a baby on Tuesday, but I'll get back in touch with you on Wednesday. It's fine. I can still email you after I have a a child. I don't know why that perception is the way it is, but what ended up happening with me is I had to close the round and they give you this contraption in the hospital that to like strap in all your organs. So I strapped it on and I went and closed the rest of the round, but I don't know. Women are amazing. I always say, 
a determined woman is unstoppable. We can do anything. So, you know, just believe in us. Absolutely. You know, on my show Hatched, we actually had a pitch by this woman who started Edible. I will never forget her. I think I put her in boss bitch because she was the ultimate boss bitch. She came and she pitched the panel of investors on her due date. The next day was the day where the product was tested in retail. It was all consumer products. She gave birth And then the next day, she came back on the show to get her final decision. And the investors on the show, we were like, "Um, obviously, we're going to invest in you. Like, if you're doing this, there's nothing you can't do. (laughs) Right. And nobody ever asked the partner. You know, nobody, they don't get any questions. It's, It's all the women. Hold on to your wallets, boys and girls. Money Rehab will be right back. Do you ever get FOMO, fear of missing out? Well, do you ever get FOMO Tupita, fear of missing out on the perfect hire? If so, I have the antidote. It's LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In any given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites, and that adds up to a serious squad of awesome candidates. LinkedIn has over a billion professionals on the platform, and these candidates are super qualified. So much so that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within just 24 hours. I work with LinkedIn Jobs for all of my dream team needs, so they're hooking up money rehabbers at linkedin.com slash MNN. Go there and you can post your job for free. That's linkedin.com slash MNN, as in Money News Network, to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Money rehabbers, you have money hidden in your house. Yeah, just hiding there in plain sight. Okay, so I don't mean you have gold bars hidden somewhere in walls, treasure map style, but you do have a money-making opportunity that you're just leaving on the table if you're not hosting on Airbnb. It's one of my all-time favorite side hustles. By hosting your space, you are monetizing what you already own. It doesn't get easier than that. For me, hosting on Airbnb has always been a no-brainer. When I first signed up, I remember thinking to myself, self, you pay a lot of money for your house. It is time that house returned the favor. And to get real with you for a sec, I felt so much guilt before treating myself on vacation because traveling can be so expensive. But since hosting on Airbnb, I feel zero stress for treating myself to a much needed vacation because having Airbnb guests stay at my house when I'm traveling helps offset the cost of my travel. So it's such a win-win. I mean, if I could do it, you could do it. And your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Now for some more money rehab. So then fast forward six or seven years later, uh, you meet this woman named Nicole Lappin. Um, and she is single and kind of ready to mingle, but unsure. Um, and we have this great talk. We were introduced by mutual friends. And I think, as I remember it, you had somebody that you wanted to introduce me to and uh, who was an existing client. And then we chatted on the phone and, you know, got to know each other. And you were like, you know, I don't think you're a match for this guy, but I'll put you in this database. And if you fit somebody else's criteria, I'll call you. And I was like, Talia, Nicole Levin does not belong in this database. (laughs) I am not a database kind of gal. And also, like, I want to tell you what I want, although I didn't totally know at the time. Um, And so I then became a fast client. I didn't expect to do that when we talked, but I also believed in you. 
and still mm-hmm. believe in you and your passion and the the business and what you guys do and you do it remarkably well. Um, and fast forward about a month later, then I meet the investor that you just talked about. <laughs> Did you come up with this plot? Can you tell me the behind the scenes? Well, I'm always, my wheels are always turning. And so I had him in mind and he's an interesting one because he is someone who's always been focused on his career and, you know, had a plan. He needed someone very special. And so it wasn't until I met you that I knew this was, you know, at least someone to put in front of him and, So I suggested to Lisa, who you're working with, to reach out to him and see where he's at at the moment. And she did. She interviewed him and, you know, he was so excited. I mean, I think he knew 100 percent like he was so excited before he even met you. And, you know, the rest is history. I was thinking about it today because it must have been around February 1st that you met because I think you had a date or two, you were a date or two in on my birthday. And I was in Lake Arrowhead and I couldn't sleep that night because I was just thinking about you two and I couldn't wait to hear what happened. And I got a text the next morning that everything went well. And it was the best birthday gift I could have asked for. and And I saw you on my birthday and it was the best birthday gift I could have asked for. For sure. Uh, I sometimes joke with him saying, like, you invested in Talia so you could get the the right of first refusal on all the best ladies out there. He got the best of the best. That's for sure. Tell me about how money plays into relationships. We we touched on that a little bit in the beginning. But, you know, I've written about it. We talk about it on the show a lot. What do you think the main issues around finances and couples are? Where do you think they stem? Well, money is so personal and so different for everyone. So I think you can end up in a happy relationship with someone who doesn't necessarily have your financial lifestyle. But the important thing is to actually get to know the person and why they have the habits that they do. So a lot of times we make assumptions and we don't really know the full story. So if you are in a relationship early on and as you get closer to the person, it's so helpful to understand why they save or don't save or they have the money habits that they do. And it will end up making a lot more sense to you. I think couples who are curious and ask those questions end up being more successful because it's easier to compromise when you understand the full backstory. And how do you recommend couples have those conversations? Because they can be super tricky. Yes, they can. And so personal and vulnerable, but it is important to have them. And it's helpful to just start early on asking questions, even in the first handful of dates. You can ask silly, you know, fun questions. If you $10,000 fell into your lap, how would you spend the money? And then you have a sense of, would they choose to travel? Would they buy it on a fancy watch? It's asking questions of just to get, get a general idea. You know, how did your p- grandparents feel about money or what did your parents do for a living or even questions like, what is your you know, most painful money memory that you had as a kid? Or what was the happiest money memory that you had as a kid? You're not, we're not asking people, how much money do you make and how, you know, how much is your net worth? It's just getting a sense of how they even think about money and, and sharing so that when the conversations do come up, you have that information. It's scary. It's such an uncomfortable conversation to have, even to figure out 
when you get married, do you combine bank accounts? Do you each have your own? And, and so I don't think anyone, maybe the two of you like to have these conversations, but you're better off having them early on so that you are not caught by surprise later. Ah, Hi. Oh, you have no idea how happy this makes me. There was Joe and our doggy. Fast forward from our first date around your birthday. We never left each other since then um, and could not be more grateful to you. Uh, and I know you have all the publicists perhaps in press, but we are just consider your number one fans and ad hoc publicists. Um, and we moved in really quickly. And as you heard on the show, I talked about miscarriage that uh, we had. And um, of course, it was an emotional experience, but it also made us realize, because we we're both very mission-driven people, that not a lot of folks can have the luxury of taking leave like we did. I remember Joe got off the phone immediately and we took the day off. We took the next couple days off. Um, and I put out an episode about that. And then you, so kindly, as you often do, wrote me a note about that. I heard the episode and I really felt for the two of you and it was heartbreaking to hear. And at the same time, it dawned on me that what I was doing as a leader wasn't enough. It actually never crossed my mind to have a formal policy around this until I heard your episode. And previously what we would do, you know, I have a company of mostly women and a lot of them have babies or are trying to get pregnant. And in some cases, you know, they've had miscarriages and we knew about it. And what we would do was empathize and tell them we're here if they need anything. And usually they might, they would take a day off or maybe check in on email half day the next day. But after hearing the episode, I realized that really was, was not enough. And what we should be doing is encouraging them to take time and heal and let them know it's okay to process and so we changed our policy at 3-Day Rule, and we now have a new policy where we give them a week off, and if they need more time, to let us know. And that way, they can focus on themselves, and it really gives them the permission to take time off without feeling guilty, because at the end of the day, health is the most important thing. And we want happy and healthy employees, and we want to make sure that they feel that they can take time off to grieve and in whatever they need. So we implemented that. And then it also brought up, you know, parent leave and sick child leave. And so we ended up adding that on as well. So that if you are a mom with a child who's sick at home, you can take a handful of days off and just focus on your child or be with a parent and not feel like you have to check in and juggle it all because, you know, it's hard. I have done that before. I've juggled it all. And, um, you know, we shouldn't have to to choose between a family member in need or ourselves and work. So we implemented all of that. And I'm so grateful to you for even talking about it publicly, because I think it's a really important conversation that I really hadn't heard before. 
for today's tip, you can take straight to the bank. If you run a business or want to start your own business, you need to be hyper aware that your employees will go through different life experiences, experiences that you may never go through yourself. To be a true leader, you need to be proactive and anticipate what needs your team may have, because not all of your employees will feel comfortable asking the big boss for help. So enact miscarriage leave. Add mental health days into your policy. Your team will be stronger and your employees will have your back if you have theirs. Money Rehab is a production of iHeartMedia. I'm your host, Nicole Lappin. Our producers are Morgan Lavoie and Catherine Law. Money Rehab is edited and engineered by Brandon Dickert with help from Josh Fisher. Executive producers are Mangash Hatikadur and Will Pearson. Huge thanks to the OG Money Rehab supervising producer, Michelle Lambs, for her pre-production and development work. And as always, thanks to you for finally investing in yourself so that you can get it together and get it all. Spend